God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And you got to look at it like this. Uh, It looks to me like Joe Biden is a lame duck president already. He's not even into his he's not even finished his half his term. And people are talking about him as if he is a lame duck president. Now, that's that's actually good for the conservative movement. But that's terrible for Joe Biden, but that's also terrible for our country. How do we get here? I mean, how do we get... You know, this is not a guy that got 81 million votes. This is a guy that didn't campaign. This is a guy that didn't reach out to, to people. And say what you want about Trump, but yeah, he was polarizing. But how many people vote on hate? The election was rigged. We know that. The Democrat Party is perpetuating a whole bunch of games. You know, I was just reading yesterday, the European Union is giving another 500 million euros to Ukraine. My first thought was, okay, so they have to buy military weapons with that money, is what they're saying. So they buy the weapons, they sell them to the Middle East say Houthis, the Iranian-backed Houthis in Yemen, or they sell them to the rebels in Syria to try to be a thorn in Russia's side and maybe make Russia pay more attention to Syria and less attention to Ukraine. And that's going to result in the refugees, which is AKA, also known as slave labor markets, slave laborers, slave laborers, who, after all, who's going to drive your Lyft and Uber cars and who's going to work those agricultural fields and who's going to run that dishwasher and who's going to make the bed and do the laundry at the hospitality suites, hotels around the world and around Europe? Who's going to do all that work at the cheapest of labor that's going to maximize the profits for the shareholders 
and the oligarchs that are invested in these worldwide corporations. These multinational globalist corporations owned by who? BlackRock, you guessed it. Vanguard, you guessed it. Vanguard and BlackRock take your money. Your 401ks, everybody has a 401k. 401k, they work at a corporation, they have a 401k. They got matching funds and all kinds of little little perks. And those 401ks are basically, in essence, monies that are invested in mutual funds. Mutual funds are generally index funds. So it's an array of, you know, it's a portfolio of funds. And these funds, these corporations that you're invested in are run by or are owned by BlackRock, the largest shareholders in many of these things. That's why it is, that's that's how it comes to be that BlackRock has $13 trillion in, in holdings. And when you get a madman like Larry Fink, the head of Larry, uh, BlackRock, to, you know, just basically want to control your behavior and make sure that you and you so then the question would be why did they do they choose black lives matter over a christian organization why do they uh, attack christians why do they promote bigger government why do they want open borders because the net aggregate you know the aggregate uh, of the sum total of all of the profits is what they're interested in. So you might get mad at Coca-Cola but and, and only buy Pepsi, but they're really not competing with each other. So the boycott doesn't do any justice whatsoever. It doesn't help anything. The boycott doesn't help a thing. And the reason why is because the money finds its way up the pyramid And Pepsi and Coca-Cola are equally owned by BlackRock. And so your boycott only makes you suffer. It doesn't have any impact whatsoever. So boycotting is not necessarily the answer to a lot of these problems. Turning off the channels and turning off your cell phone and staying off of social media are probably the best things you can do when you want to boycott and make a difference. Get off the grid because you don't want people to, you don't, you can't trust the people that are in charge of your collecting your data. It used to be that there was this talk about putting your medical records online and, <clears throat> and your banking records online. And everybody thought, yeah, you know, we'll trust you. And they're like, you could trust us. Just just trust us. But now we see who's behind the curtain. Who's pulling all the strings. We see that we can't trust them. You know, when George Bush in the wake of 9-11 said, we're going to, you know, push this Patriot Act. It's going to be temporary. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, one of those things where, you know, we need to get the terrorists. 
This is just a short-term solution to a real-time problem. And you say, okay, we'll give up some of our civil liberties just so long as what you say is true. That you're only going to go after foreign foreigners that aren't citizens of the United States. You're going to tap their calls and so on and so forth. And then we had folks like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page working with Russian hoaxes and using the wiretap privileges they got from the Patriot Act to rig elections. You know, because he talked to so-and-so and someone else talked to that person. Now it's a, now it's a three-tiered wiretap. And now everybody's tapped. And James Clapper lied through his teeth when he said, not wittingly are we tapping every single citizen in America. And we've seen what they've done with that data. We were able to get Zuckerbucks. Well, the good news is Governor Wolf, Governor Tom Wolf, of all people, signed off on a Republican piece of legislation in Pennsylvania that puts an end to Zuckerbucks. And what do I mean by Zuckerbucks? I mean private funding or corporate funding for election day officials to be operating on the scene. No longer can you do that. It's got to be publicly funded uh, enterprises. So Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania signed off on that. That's a win. Wisconsin Supreme Court signed off that, uh, you know, you can't have mail-in ballots where the same person's dropping off many, many ballots. So there's a lot of progress that is being made. But still, we have this globalist problem. And the reason why they support Black Lives Matter, Marxists, or open borders, is because the people that are endorsing bigger government and tyrannical government and trying to abolish the Constitution and open up the borders for slave labor markets and sex trafficking and engaged in black market deals like the one, again, Ukraine, they get 500 million euros to buy weapons. They buy the weapons. They make the weapons. They sell them to the Middle East terrorists. And they, in turn, create a a war, a a refugee crisis like we did in Syria, like what happened in Afghanistan, like what happens every time there's a conflict in the Middle East, Refugees come flooding into what used to be Angela Merkel's turf, Schultz, whatever his name is now. But go into Germany and go into France, and they get that slave labor. They get that cheap market labor. The people that change the sheets and do the laundry and do the, run the dishwasher in the basement of a restaurant or a hotel. The people that work the grape, uh, the agricultural fields at the vineyards, like Nancy Pelosi's vineyard or the ones in France. The people that work, you know, beneath the surface. The people that pick up the garbage. These are people from the Middle East now. The refugees. They're coming from Africa. Because the globalists are just screwing everything up. The, the globalists 
are the ones that are messing everything up. And then they want to say, democracy's under threat. It's Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and the WHO and Tetros that's actually clobbering democracy. Their linkage with China and the slave labor camps in the Uyghurs in the western China, in the mountains, where these Uyghurs are Muslims that are being mistreated by Chinese. And now Taiwan's telling America that we can't help them protect themselves against China's aggression. So we're going to end up with two proxy wars now, with two superpowers, one in Ukraine against Russia and the other in Taiwan against China. Meanwhile, China and Russia are laughing at Biden. They're laughing at Biden as they form a new currency and a new conglomerate and a new monopoly and a new pact called BRICS, which involves our supposed ally in South America, one of the few democracies left standing in South America, Brazil. And then you have Russia, and you have India, which is, um, and then you have China, and you have South Africa. But China and India represent 3 billion people. And Russia and China represent the, the, the two largest militaries in the world. <clears throat> Lar- perhaps, soon will be larger than the United States. Because the United States is recruiting transvestites. And they might be good at swimming against women, but they're not necessarily good against going against the Chinese Red Army and the, and the big Russian bear. I don't, I don't know that I'm going to put all my stock in, in transvestites fighting on, on the front lines against those two foes. Yeah, I'll put them against a woman any day. You know, Leah Thompson's nominated now to be the woman of the year in the NCAA after one year as a woman in the swim circuit. How ridiculous have we become, America? It's absolutely insane. So I opened up today talking about Biden as a lame duck. I have a bunch of clips. I'm I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, particular clip from uh, John Kennedy. Not the John Kennedy, but the John Kennedy from Louisiana. And um, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to see what he has to say. He, he had a couple of good zingers. Let's take a listen. Well, I... Boy, I could spend an hour on that. I I realize the First Lady's not having a very good time, but imagine how the President feels. He is less than halfway through his term, and he's already a lame duck. The majority of Americans think he shouldn't run for re-election. The majority of Democrats think he shouldn't run for re-election. A lot of his colleagues are already talking about running against him. And the only way he's going to find his footing, in my judgment, and the only way that uh, uh, the American people are going to to be better off is to reverse his woke policies. It's just that simple. You reap what you sow. Otherwise, 
I mean, the, the American people are just going to continue to uh, to not eat, trust him eat with a with a glow stick. That's it. Now, the guy can barely speak in complete sentences. That's one of the problems right there. So Tucker had uh, Tucker had a good show last night. He was talking about um, uh, he had a, the uh, swimmer, uh, female swimmer from Kentucky. She said exactly what we've been saying here on the Scott Adams show about Title IX. It just basically all the good work that Title IX, and again, I'm not a Title IX fan because it negatively impacted wrestling. Wrestling finally got wise and has incorporated NCAA women's wrestling, which is great because it's been successful on the international circuit, uh, freestyle and Greco-Roman, um, for women's wrestling, I think that those athletes are super athletes. I think that the way that women have have portrayed themselves and have performed at the UFC level in the mixed martial arts has just been nothing but super spectacular. And th- they can they can be the head draw, um, <clears throat> and they're and in many cases they are the main draw to the card, the fight card, but. Um, before there was women's wrestling in NCAA re- sports, athletics, um, wrestling was a program that was not profitable. So football and basketball and you know and larger teams like maybe baseball um, would uh, and soccer. Well, no, soccer had women, so it was neutral balance. But football doesn't have a women's sport. Now basketball does. So it was mainly football. Say they had something like 80 kids on the team or something like that. So that would be 80 men, and they needed a quota based on Title IX, which I don't like quota systems at all, including Title IX. But I do acknowledge what Title IX has done for women and for women athletics. I think it has been really, really good for them. and <clears throat> And so... You know, you say, well, there's a lot of wrestling programs that got cut because they were on the fringe. They're a fringe sport. They don't make a lot of money. They don't pack, fill the seats. Now, Penn State does. Iowa does. And a lot of big teams do. But for the most part, it's a, it's a, it's a low-budget low sport. And so the issue there was wrestling programs were getting cut and cut and cut. And we were always complaining as wrestling in the wrestling community of Title IX just, you know, killing us. Then all of a sudden, though, overnight, the same people that were pushing Title IX, the liberals, are now allowing men to compete with women. And overnight, they're destroying all the good work and the sacrifices. That's why I always add the word sacrifice from the wrestling perspective. But all the good work that Title IX has done through the last four or five decades, <clears throat> and and I uh, I just wince. Just like, just like I wince when I think about the lies and deception from Joe Biden, you know, doing a victory lap right now because gas has dropped about 50 cents. It's still $2 plus higher than it was when he took office. And 
I could look across the street and there's a gas station that's still selling gas at over $6 a gallon. So give me a break. Well, here, um, Tucker Carlson was talking about Biden being a lame duck and how Gavin Newsom and Don Pritzker, the Illinois governor, um, are poised and ready to step up and and try to you know maybe run for the Democrat ticket. Already, there's a lot of talk about you know Biden's replacement. But one of the things that um, that made a lot of headlines last night was when Tucker Carlson talked about Joe Biden taking a dr- drugs. Now I remember a couple you know in the election year, just before the debates. You know, you wouldn't see Joe Biden, and it seemed like he was almost like in a hyperbolic chamber, you know, taking, you know, drugs by the IV. And I remember these pictures going around where he had these bruises on his hands. Now, he couldn't see his arms because he was wearing a long sleeve shirt, but he had injection marks, you know, and you have like sometimes a bruise around your hand. And he had this stain around his hand, almost as if that was an IV going in, you know. And that's why, I remember, you remember this, you'll recall it when I remind you, that Donald Trump said, I think we need to take a drug test because I think Joe Biden is taking drugs. Do you remember when Trump said that? And when he said that, um, you know, people were looking at Biden's hands and realizing he was taking something. That that was my conclusion. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. My track record's pretty good, but but yeah. And so they they didn't want to take a drug test, obviously, because Trump was all set to take one. Joe Biden didn't want to take one. Wonder why. So here he is speaking in word salad, and then I think we're going to hear um, Tucker follow that uh, this word salad piece up with um, drugs, uh, that he was taking drugs. And there's a witness that says that they saw him do it. And it's making headwaves around the world. And then we're going to also talk today about Harry at the UN yesterday, Prince Harry, that loser, um, talking about Nelson Mandela Day, something like that. All right, let's take a listen. Vice President Biden, do you have a comment on the Chinese tariffs? I'll answer this question. The answer is yes, I do. The president has done nothing but increase the tariffs, the the debt and the trade deficit. The way you have to proceed is we have to have our allies with us. It's not just us. We have to keep the rest of the world together. Secondly, we should labor should be at the table as well as our allies, because that's the only thing. And the fourth thing we should do is be focusing on the things that, in fact, I've been talking about for a long time. China's greatest violation is the way in which they steal our intellectual property. We should make it quid pro quo, as I've told when I was dealing with Xi Jinping. It should be simple. Here's the deal. You say that if, in fact, anything has to be owned 50 percent by Chinese to invest in China, guess what? In America, it's the same thing. This idea of dealing with all the only people who are paying the price are farmers and working people right now. He's going about it all the wrong way. A lot of bravado, no action. But wait a second, you're saying to yourself, 
That didn't make any sense. Not a single phrase in a full minute of talking conveyed an intelligible idea. Not one. That wasn't even word salad. It was a verbal Jackson Pollock painting. Nouns, verbs, adjectives spilled like cans of paint, bleeding into each other, a sticky postmodern mess. At one point, Biden actually jumped from point two directly to point four. Just to let you know that your old-fashioned linear assumptions about numerical sequencing are no good here, man. That's yesterday's mathematics. So we put that on the air back in 2019. Again, not because we were particularly against Joe Biden. He seemed a lot better than Beto O'Rourke or Mayor Pete. We put it on because we happened to be watching one day and tried to follow what he was saying about China because it seemed important. Not one national news organization had noted at all that this guy couldn't speak in complete sentences, couldn't convey coherent ideas. Nobody had ever mentioned that. And of course, anyone in Washington knew Joe Biden. He'd been there since 1972. And basically, most people kind of liked him. He was a friendly guy. This was not the Joe Biden anyone who knew Joe Biden had seen before. He completely changed. This was clearly cognitive decline. This was dementia, obviously. So we drew a conclusion that now sounds ridiculous, but it seemed logical at the time. This guy can't be the Democratic nominee. He can barely speak. How did he manage to get through the campaign? Well, it turned out, we learned later, his staff, supervised by Dr. Jill, his wife, was giving him pills before every public appearance, checking the time and at a certain hour giving him a dose of something. Now, that's not a guess. We're not making that up. We've spoken directly to someone who was there and saw it happen multiple times. Now, before taking the medication, this person said, Biden was, quote, like a small child. You could not communicate with him. He changed completely because he was on drugs, and he clearly still is on drugs. No one's pushing to know what those drugs are. We should know. But the point is, Joe Biden's dementia was perfectly obvious to everyone around him more than three years ago. So we never thought this could happen. You can't make a senile man president of the United States. This is our country. This is a real country. It needs a real leader, even when you disagree with. But someone who's in full possession of his faculties. No one would ever do that. It's crazy. We're completely wrong. We're wrong because we underestimated the cynicism and the recklessness of the Democratic Party and the media who serve them. They will say literally anything, no matter how implausible or immoral, if it brings them more power. They knew exactly how incapacitated Joe Biden was. They lied about it. And the disaster we're living with today is a direct result of their lying. And it's getting worse. It's humiliating. Yesterday, for example, we could go on for an hour, we're not going to, but just to sum it up, yesterday Joe Biden tried to shake an invisible man's hand. Not the first time he's done this. He did the same thing in April. And both of those sad moments are on tape. Here they are. God bless you all. What a great honor. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, President Herzog and President Biden. So if you don't like Biden or his agenda, and we certainly don't, there is a kind of partisan glee you take from this. Look how pathetic he is. But, you know, if you're an American, there's no upside, actually. This is horrible for all of us. It reflects poorly not just on the Democratic Party or Biden himself, but on our country. And it's happening constantly with increasing frequency. On Wednesday of this week, during a trip to Israel, Biden announced that we have to keep alive the, quote, honor of the Holocaust. Huh? Continue, which we must do every, every day continue to bear witness, to keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust. 
It's just, it's absolutely awful. And again, there's no upside. So Joe Biden's senile. Everybody knows it. Do we win a prize now? No. We watch our country degrade. So you have to ask, who did this to the rest of us? Who's responsible for putting this guy in a position where he was elected president? Well, we could start the list of the culpable with Joe Biden's 2020 campaign manager, Jen O'Malley Dillon. She did this. Where is she now? Well, she's now deputy chief of staff in the White House. She knew exactly how senile Joe Biden was. Susan Rice knew well, too. Of course she did. Susan Rice now runs America's domestic policy out of the White House. Ron Klain knew perfectly well that Joe Biden was not fit to be president, that he has dementia. Ron Klain was elevated to White House chief of staff. And of course, Dr. Jill, his wife, was perfectly aware. Members of Joe Biden's own family knew perfectly well and told other people about it. We've reported that before, and it's true. And yet they didn't stop him. Mike Donlan was the chief strategist of Joe Biden's presidential campaign. Now he's one of Biden's, quote, senior advisors. Same with Anita Dunn. She was once co-campaign manager. She's now another senior advisor for Biden and a former Obama communications director. She has massive power in this country. That's how she was rewarded for foisting this guy on the rest of us. Brian Deese, same thing. The man who screwed up our climate and energy policy during the Obama years. He knew perfectly well Joe Biden was senile. But he wanted power again, so he didn't say a word. Once again, same principle at work. People make grave errors in judgment. They do something horrible to the United States of America, and they're rewarded for it. They're never punished. They're rewarded. These people now run the country. And above all, Barack Obama. Barack Obama knew perfectly well that Joe Biden was senile. Barack Obama spent eight years making fun of Joe Biden and degrading Joe Biden because Joe Biden has no dignity. He put up with it. But Obama knew that Biden wasn't fit to be president. And that matters because Obama is and has always been the person actually running the Democratic Party. And of course, the media knew. They knew perfectly well. But they lied. From day one, they lied. Here they are telling us during the campaign that Joe Biden actually, shut up ageist, is perfectly fine. Well, he just decided to bypass the primaries and go right to the main event and kind of consign everybody else to the kiddie table. That is Joe Biden at his best. That is someone who uh, is authentic. Mm -hmm. It's the reason he connects with people. He is having fun. This is not heavy lifting for for Joe Biden. Joe Biden never gave up on Joe Biden. And it reminded me so much of 2008 John McCain. Look, help is on the way. Help is on the way. Joe Biden, uh, we need him. You know, you hit play on your phone or whatever, and there's Uncle Joe, Grandpa Joe Biden, talking in a way that I think Americans want to hear. The person, the person of Joe Biden is a welcome entry into this race. Every one of those people knew. Again, we knew and said so out loud, not because we have some special entree into the secrets of the Democratic Party. We certainly don't. We're hardly Democratic Party insiders, but because we watch TV for 90 seconds. And we saw unmistakably the signs of dementia in Joe Biden. Every one of the people you just saw lied about what they knew. They hid that fact from you and the rest of the country because they wanted more power. But now the game is over for Joe Biden. As Mark McKinnon said, he's just too white. So suddenly our media is admitting what we noted three years ago and that everyone knew that this was a scam. They are living with the mess they created. And we hope that they will never be allowed to avoid responsibility for what they did subscribe yeah that's uh that's actually so true everything that you just heard and here's here's just another sample um of word salad 
the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway from from uh, uh, Char excuse me from Charlotte one and uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him. Uh, foot, foot. The idea that um, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons: one, to we haven't been able to communicate it in a way. That is, uh, um, let me say another way. But the nature, not a solid meeting with, um, with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what you can do, the drivers. We want to expand pre-K for three and four-year-olds, millions of pre-K. The, um, there it is. 81 million votes, folks. You're supposed to believe that. 81 million votes. You can't possibly believe that. And what do we get for that? Rachel Levine, Rachel Levine, Biden Assistant Secretary for Health, Rachel Levine, we need to empower kids to go on puberty blockers and get sex reassignment surgery. Let's take a listen. So we really want to, 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 to base our treatment and, uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth, not to limit their participation in activities and sports, and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. So we I mean, this is dangerous. Dangerous to our future. Dangerous to our children. So... We have to be vigilant. We must be vigilant. So uh, Prince Harry, uh, that's the next topic I wanted to talk about. Um, just reading so many other things I want to share with you as well. <laughs> there's just so much. Um, there's so much to grasp, so many things to read, and so much to digest. But we're going to take a listen to uh, Harry. Prince Harry, his remarks. He's blaming, he's saying democracy's under threat and he's talking about, you know, the spoils of everything. And, uh, and, the, and the problem with that is, well, we're going to take a listen first to Pierce Morgan um, on, on this piece. But um, let's take a listen. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities in every corner of the globe. Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet, with the most vulnerable suffering most of all. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. And from the horrific war in Ukraine 
to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom. We are witnessing a global assault on democracy. And you have all got to take climate change seriously, even if I use private jets like a taxi service. Do you hear me, <laughs> all of you? Do you? When did he become this miserable guy? He's so miserable and pompous and po-faced. Oh, I know. It's when he met Megan. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So everybody's up in arms about, you know, Megan has caused this, but uh, he caused it on himself. That's what liberalism is. Everything that they talked about, the climate change, and it's all part of the globalist policy. Every single thing. You know, it's what I said uh, in my uh, it said in my uh, commentary yesterday. It, it's it's uh, every single thing that they're doing. You know, I said they're coming at us from every possible angle. And whether we're talking about biosecurity, pandemics, finance, housing, healthcare, energy, climate, carbon offsets, carbon credits, credit markets, transportation, food supply, remember fertilizer, inflation, cryptocurrency, they want control of that. Green passports, they want control of that what you consume. They're going to use um, these uh, electronic, uh, new electronics, these things that are connected to the wire, uh, the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth to turn on and turn off your refrigerator or turn off and turn on your your ability to wash, wash clothes or wash dishes during the day when people are running their air conditioners the most. They'll let you run your washer machine or dishwasher, or dryer at night when it's cooler and there's less taxation on the grid, less capacity, you know, less pressure on the grid. But social credit score systems, we've already seen this engaged through Canada. Open borders, slave labor, human trafficking, all the changes we are now seeing have one goal, and that is forced uh, to force compliance with the globalist agenda. That's what it is. Now, how do you like this one? You know, Deborah Burks finally admits, and, you know, we're finding all this stuff out. We're finding out about Joe Biden. We're finding out about uh, the Russian hoax, and we're finding out about the Ukraine corruption, and we're finding out, you know, all this stuff. But we're finding out about it too late. It's too little too late. So, Dr. Deborah Burks admits being deceitful when recommending COVID strategies to Trump. And that was all to push the 15 days to slow the curve or flatten the curve. Let's take a listen to this. Right now, we're seeing an unprecedented convergence of crises. Right here. All right. I'm standing here in front of the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C., and inside is the first jury trial that was brought forth by special counsel John Durham in his ongoing quest to get to the bottom of the FBI's alleged spying against the Trump. Yep. 
This is not the uh, clip that I was going for. Uh, sorry, folks. All right. So, and where it gets us is globalist control. So I told you yesterday a little bit about this, but there's another video, uh, audio came out. It says that's another fine. So returning Canadian citizens subjected to abuse and belligerence by public health, uh, public health authorities officers at Toronto's Pearson Airport after refusal to use a Rive can, which is this Canadian new thing, and disclose private medical information. Let's take a listen to this exchange. Okay, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a public officer, public health Canada. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm designated in the province of Ontario to issue contravention fines if people do not comply. Uh-huh. So if you don't want to comply, oh, give us your fine. option. So yeah, this is a security guy. That's fine. And you get so your right, fine. So he's saying, well, uh, if you don't want to do it, we'll, we'll issue you a fine, right? And so he's just throwing fines at them, left and right. And he's like, okay, we'll pay the fine. Just let us go. We're not going to use the arrive cam. We're not going to comply. All right? I'm, yeah. I'm a public officer, public health commander. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm designated in the province of Ontario to issue contravention fines if people do not comply. Uh-huh. So if you don't want to comply, oh, give us your fine. option. Yeah, you'd see we'll the, you see We'll take a fine. That's fine. And so your passport's right your fine. No, you don't need our passport. Yes, I do. You're, you can not tell me what will, to do with my job. You it. cannot tell me what is required of but me I will when I write a fine. I need No, you'll give us back the passports when you're done with them. Absolutely, they're not going to keep it. They just need you information to make sure. And oh, you'll get it right as soon as they're done with it. They get information. Since nothing makes sense, it's hard for us to trust anyone because nothing makes sense. So that's why we don't want to give our passports away. But you'll definitely give us back our passports. Absolutely, I'm saying this. On audio yeah, video, absolutely. you will get your passports back. They're passports? not going to keep it. They're going to make sure everything is okay, and then you. Will I get also it back. need to verify your vaccination status. No, we do not need to disclose yeah. that information. That's another fine. Like that. Yeah. Like, okay. Good. Put, please. put it on. Put, put, uh, add, add it to the fine. Add it to the fine. No, 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 no. Add it to the fine. Add it to the fines. Add it to the fines. If they're the bylaws, sure. Okay, because I have to write out fines, I have to fill out forms. Those forms are going to take about an hour. I thought you'd do that. Yeah, yeah sure. Sir, sir, you know, you mm-hmm. can't have your cake and eat it too. That's Oh, yeah, this is very cakey. Oh, this is so yes, cakey. Is so cake. Yeah, this is so cakey. I hope this you is... have kids, and I hope that you know what it's like for the children. When you travel, there's consequences you can follow the rules. Okay, so this, under the quarantine mm-hmm. act, unfortunately, sure, yeah. the quarantine act, there's still rules that you must follow. Sure, yeah, rules, just not, like just like in like World War II. There are lots of rules then too. Sir, there's no need for rhetoric. Oh, so then just do your job and take our passwords to give it and yes, take an I hour. Need boarding passes, sir. I need additional information. Boarding passes, vaccine, vaccine status. We don't need our vaccine. Give us yes, a bill, for, please. Uh, um, Why do you need that word again? the quarantine act. Give us the ticket for it, then. As a federal officer, what's required? You need information. You, you need to comply. Otherwise, so then, it's fine. please add the fine to it. So please add the fine. Please Very add the good. fine. Okay. That makes it easier for everybody. Passes, I don't have it. I don't have it either. That's going to take longer. Then. Oh, here it is. You're on top of the pass? Uh, yeah, I'm on top of the pass. That's all right. When I did it, put the boarding pass. Okay, I have a little bit of a problem. I have a little bit of a problem. Thank you, madam. Uh, I'm the address where they were called. Sir, you fill out the red can, you would have been out here in five minutes. It's not about that. It's about rights and freedoms and the future of our lives and our children. Have you got a question, Tommy? No, you don't need our driver's license. See that, folks? This person that person can can take this matter to court and make some real change uh, because this is a you know this is going into Toronto, but this is what we're dealing with here. And Harry sits up there, Prince Harry, 
prince wants to talk about democracy. Prince, a prince, wants to talk about democracy. Think about the irony there. But he wants to talk about all these different agendas in the name of what? Nelson Mandela? You know, if you want to really talk about a true black leader, uh, Winsome Sears, she was basically addressing this uh, Biden situation um, or she was asked some questions from a reporter and she's the lieutenant governor of Virginia. She's a black woman. And there is also a really great clip from Burgess Owens, a black congressman from uh, Utah. I think I think he's where he's from. And um, and he was he had a really good quote, you know, where the Democrats are basically saying, you know, Clarence Thomas or Winston Sears, they're really not black people. They're they're Uncle Toms and things like that. It's insane how racist the the left can be when you start getting into political ideology. But we're going to take a listen to Winsome Sears. I think she's a rising star. I think she actually could could uh, run for higher office. I think that if you want to talk about the first black woman to be president, she would be someone to consider. But Winsome Sears is talking, uh, answering questions about Joe Biden's trip and then, um, and then we'll move on from there. And there's a press conference, first press conference, post Saudi Arabia trip uh, that we're going to try to get to today as well. So let's take a listen. Let me tell you. All right here. Something. Every time that we go to the to the grocery store, we're going to the polls. Every time we buy that bread, and it's expensive because of inflation, that's a poll. Every time we fill our tanks with gas and it's expensive, that's a poll. I don't think we're blaming Putin for that. We are blaming the person who sits in the White House because he said before he was elected that he was going to get rid of fossil fuels. He looked one person in the eye and said to them something to the effect of, I am going to make sure we get rid of fossil fuels. and. We've got jobs that are attached to that, and we have prices that are attached to that. Everything is on this president, and it's time that he take responsibility because that's what leaders do, and then leaders say, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to pivot from where I was and say, we'll get to uh, the, the, the solar industry, et cetera, et cetera, but we've got to make sure that in the meantime, our people don't suffer. And looking, turning back to the relationship between the Biden administration and- Well, we just lost that clip. But um, she makes a lot of sense. She was, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I just lost that clip, though. It just blinked out. Um, in any case, uh, I wanted to also talk about, um, I had a couple of other reports where states that are banning and restricting or restricting Zuckbucks updated as of yesterday. So there's a list of states um, that are doing that. Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, 
Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania. And um, there was a, it said in red, vetoed new legislation in progress. Uh, And uh, there was a line through that. So yesterday, Tom Wolf signed it. Um, So that was really good news for Pennsylvania. South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. Wyoming failed. Okay, so Wyoming failed. Something's going on in Wyoming. But Wyoming has got it. So, you know, the thing is, is that um, these private, uh, you know, the private monies that are associated with Zuckerbucks is, is, is a big problem. So it says, editor's note here, June 22nd, 2021, updated to include new states legislation and the current status of all known bills related to banning private funding of elections. So private financing of government election offices under the guise of COVID-19 relief skewed voter turnout in the 2020 election and may have tipped the presidential election to Joe Biden. The chief culprit was Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, who poured $350 million into one sleepy nonprofit, the Center for Technology and Civic Life, CTCL, then distributed grants to hundreds of counties, hundreds of county and city elections officials in 47 states and the District of Columbia. Despite its claims that the grants were strictly for COVID-19 relief, not partisan advantage, the data show otherwise. CRC research into grants distributed into key states Arizona, Nevada, Texas, Michigan, and Wisconsin, Virginia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Georgia has documented their partisan effects. We have also cataloged our major findings in Influence Watch. So check out Influence Watch. So in summer of 2021, the flood of Zuckbucks caught the attention of House Republicans who sent CTCL a letter on June 21st, 2021, demanding the group explain where the $350 million in COVID-19 relief funds went, since less than 1% of these funds were spent on um, were spent on personal protective equipment. They have also called, uh, what was that? That was less than 1%. <clears throat> they have also called on CTCL to publish it's Form 990 for public review. All right. So we've updated our original 2021 findings in the nine states. And it says, as detailed below, as a, at least a dozen state legislatures have responded to these revelations with bills to protect free and fair elections by prohibiting or restricting private funding of government election official offices. Note that not all the states listed below banned Zuckbucks. Some only regulated or restricted private funding for elections offices. Vetoes and fails, failed bills are also noted. As of July 2022, 
22 states have banned or restricted the use of private funds for election offices, and six governors, all Democrats, have vetoed potential bans. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers, Democrat, has vetoed two Zuckbuck bans. Kansas legislature overrode its Democratic governor's veto. In addition, three counties, Walworth, Wisconsin, Ozaki, Wisconsin, and Livingston, Michigan, have banned Zuckbucks. Many states are currently considering bans. See in progress. So this is a really good document that I wanted to share with you. I think it makes a huge difference um, in what we're seeing there. And um, I also wanted to uh, point out a couple of other things. Um, For one, it's uh, right here. So Jeffrey A. Tucker wrote, Every day for a week I've wondered why Biden is in Saudi Arabia begging for oil output rather than in Texas where 10,000 years of supply uh, sits waiting to be unleashed with just a bit of regulatory liberalization. The point is so obvious that I've been shy to tweet tweet it. Well, one of the people that was mentioned that was part of Joe Biden's advisory team and economic team said that the reason why they are um, doubling down on not signing new leases and shutting down the Keystone Pipeline and and uh, all the other things. I mean, the strategic oil reserves is, is another big, huge problem, especially when China's getting it. Um, and, and it's a Hunter Biden-associated uh, crime scheme in play. And we're watching it and we're witnessing it. But the issue for me is... It's the speculators that are raising the oil because they know that the future is gloomy. And there's no way that windmills and solar panels are going to get it done. In fact, um, uh, DeSantis made it very clear in, uh, that he made it very clear that uh, it's a great supplement. Solar panels, they use a lot of solar panels in Florida. So great supplement. But guess what? It's not ready for prime time. But they want you to buy the globalist agendas, electric cars, and supplies, and uh, and basically make them rich, just like they did with Pfizer and COVID vaccines. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. Uh, we packed in a lot in this show, and I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Also, be sure to check out uh, buglecall.org, find out how we're promoting America First policies to make America great again. And also use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. But close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.